Yes, Lord, we thank you today that your plans for us are going to lead us to victory. Lord, you have great things in mind when you think of us because you provided your son Jesus to make the way when there was no way. You are our hiding place no matter what we face. Prepare this day for us and prepare us to face this day. We thank you for that truth in Jesus' name. Job 23, verse number 10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Tommy Walker, I will not be shaken. Our devotional right after this. But he heard my cry for So I stand and 
is Lighten Up, brought to you by Compassion International. Lighten Up is a moment to brighten your day and encourage your walk with Jesus. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford on behalf of Compassion, inviting you to join the fun as author, comedian, and motivational speaker Ken Davis shares that there is a surprise in every audience. I used to do this cheesy thing. We would draw names and I would read them backwards. Like if the name, you know, if the name was Ken Davis, it would be Sived Neck. <laughs> Are you here, Sived Neck? <laughs> and I pulled a name out one time, and it was a long one. And I, I read Dirk of a Nick, the Baxic Tarbol. <laughs> and this guy goes, Yay! Yeah! <laughs> that was his name. Names are important. It always feels good when someone calls you by name. I'm always flattered when someone remembers my name. The Bible says that if we know Jesus as our Savior, our names are written in the book of life. When our name is read from that book, it will not be read backwards. It will not be mispronounced. Imagine how it will feel to have the creator of the universe speak your name. Imagine how it will sound to have your name come from the lips of Jesus, to hear him say, Ken Davis... Welcome, good and faithful servant. Please come in and join us. Take off your shoes. Hang your burdens at the door. Lighten up and live forever. You've been listening to Lighten Up with Ken Davis. For more information, you can visit us on the web at Compassion.com. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford, encouraging you. And Ken Davis here on the Community Prayer Time Network. 11 minutes past the hour. Thank you for joining with us on this first day of November. Can you believe we're already got October behind us. November is here. And our good news verse today, Job 23, verse number 10, but he knoweth the way that I take when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know, we don't like to admit it, but there have been times that maybe we've misplaced something, kind of like our cell phone. And when that happens, usually I'll ask my wife to call the number and guess what? It's exactly where I left it. How easy it is for things that are important to us to get away from us in the blink of an eye. We become concerned when we lose our cell phones because of the replacement of the cost and all the personal data stored on them. This temporary predicament taught me something very precious. Being lost includes our relationship with God. In the book of Job, we find Job committed to seeing God in a courtroom. But the problem was he didn't know how to find God. He then began to realize that no matter what direction he took, he could not find God. He then recognized a great spiritual principle of walking with the Lord. God knows the paths we will take. People often lose important things in their lives, and sometimes they lose their way, don't we? But God knows where we are. He understands our troubles. All we need to do is ask for his help. 
So, Father, right now, three minutes before the prayer time, we're asking you that as we join our hearts in prayer today, we're asking you that you would lead our paths. Lord, you know exactly where we are, and you know exactly what we need. Would you get glory in our lives today? That's our prayer in Jesus' name. The Community Prayer Time Network prayer time in two minutes. Here's Pastor Greg Mott. Hi, this is Pastor Greg Mott with your Difference Maker Moment. Jesus faced temptation just like you and I face temptation. In Matthew chapter 4, it talks about for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and then the enemy, Satan, arrived and tried to entice him into sin. There's a lot we can learn from Jesus' example in this passage. First of all, Jesus was physically weak and he was alone. When we're physically weak, we haven't slept well. When we're alone, we're more susceptible to temptation. Secondly, he was tempted with the things that God had already promised him. But the enemy was offering them outside of God's timing and will. Finally, Jesus combated temptation with Scripture. The enemy tempts us in the same way. Don't believe that he's got something better for you. He doesn't. God has everything that you need. When you're weak, allow Christ to be your strength, and then you'll make it through temptation. For more about Pastor Greg Mott and how to be a difference maker, visit BeADifferenceMaker.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Dr. Stephen Cliff, Deputy Administrator of NHTSA. He oversees the agency that sets vehicle safety standards, identifies safety defects, and manages recalls, and educates Americans to help them drive, ride, and walk safely. Proverbs 2, 8 through 9 reminds us of God's guidance in our travels. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear God, protect Dr. Stephen Cliff as he works to create safe travel. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Monday morning prayer time. Thank you, Brian, for joining with us over at Pop Pops Bait and Tackle. If you got a prayer need today, text us at 870-205-0600. Again, that's 870-205-0600. Good Monday morning to you. Hope you had a great weekend. Got to see Brian and Val over at the softball game in Mississippi. And I guess they had a good time, it looks like, anyway. I'm sure Carly did a great job, as she always does. Our boys from over at Marvel Academy went to playoffs on Friday. And we just continue to rejoice in all the wonderful things that God's doing in our lives. Again, the phone number, 
0600. We got a new software. I want to praise God for this morning. And one of the things about the Community Prayer Time Network, we've not had what I would call an official radio programming software. And so we've had some, you know, some small challenges, nothing major. And uh, we are just taking step by step by step as the money comes in, as we save up here and there. And the Community Prayer Time Network listeners and our church family and our family, we've been able to update our uh, system. And we're coming to you this morning on a real radio software. So I'm so excited about that. And I'm excited about what God's doing. Aren't you? You remember how it used to kick you off whenever the Love Worth Finding program would come on and it'd kick you off either then or when I would sign off? Well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. And so that's exciting. I'm excited about that because, you know, when you get kicked off, you really just don't feel like going through the process of resetting it and reprogramming all. So we're thankful for this. And right now I want to say thank you to our listeners. And the reason why we are able to do this is because together we believe God answers prayer. Would you say that with me? Together we believe what? God answers prayer. Good morning, Miss Kathy. Thank you for joining with us. Hope you had a great weekend. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for our listeners. Thank you for the opportunity that we have just to rejoice in your goodness and your greatness and even to reflect upon our good news verse, Lord, to know that you know the way that we take. You know our path. And Lord, you try us and you refine us so that when we come forth on the other side, we will come forth as gold. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Bless this prayer time today, we pray. May we see answered prayers in Jesus' name. I tell you, God is really doing something incredible in our church. I believe God is allowing us to experience a sense of revival. God's doing some great things. We had a great weekend, great day yesterday. I want to thank the Lord for that. Maybe some of you were able to participate in a service online, or maybe you were able to go to church somewhere Maybe your home church, your local church, hopefully you're supporting it, being there, participating. I tell you what, God's moving in a mighty way. 870-205-0600 as we join together in prayer this morning. 870-205-0600. Pray for Miss Peggy. supposed to be going to the doctor today. She's had that COVID-19 virus. She's recovering and doing much better. We were concerned about her heart. Thought she was having some heart issues and all that. And they say, no, it all had to do with a UTI. Lord, we say thank you today. Lord, that these challenges weren't as serious as we thought they were. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for what you're doing in her life. Thank you for what you're doing in her family. Lord, thank you so much. You are so good. Continue to pray for an uncle. I got a text on Friday after the prayer time during the morning programming. 
And one of the text messages came in, says, please pray for my uncle. Pray for my dad and their brother. These three brothers, one of them's getting ready to pass away. He's on his deathbed. He's requiring 24-hour care. And those of you that have been a caretaker, you understand that's a difficult challenge. And they're praying that if he's not going to get any better, and he's not, that the Lord would just be gracious to him and help him not to suffer where he's at right now in this stage of life and that God would strengthen this dad and this brother, uh, the other two brothers, you know, that God would strengthen them and help them through this difficult season. Lord, we do pray right now. Lord, we pray that verse that Job shares with us. Lord, you know the way that this family is in right now, the path that they're on. And Lord, it seems like you're trying them by fire. Difficult circumstances right now in their life. And I pray right now that when they come forth, that they will come forth as gold. Lord, that they would be able to withstand the heat and persevere in the moment in this period of time of their life right now. And Lord, that when they come out, others will see the victory in Jesus. Thank you for that today. Continue to pray for Jennifer dealing with cancer. She's had her chemo treatments and still continue and have to undergo chemo treatments. So you pray for her. Another prayer request comes into us asking prayer for one that has to have a biopsy. Lord, we pray for this need today. I think of another that comes to my mind that's dealing with pancreatic cancer. Lord, we pray for this gentleman. Help him and his family. Help them today. Another request asking us to be in prayer for a job situation. Their job is under review. And they're not sure what the end result is going to be. They've got total peace of mind that God's going to take care of them. So, Lord, I pray for this precious lady. Lord, I ask you right now that as she is being tried by fire, you know the path that she's on, the stand that she is taking and practicing her religious freedoms. And, Lord, I pray that you would give her wisdom, give her favor, just as Nehemiah found favor with the king, may she also find favor with her employer and find favor with God. In Jesus' name we pray. Another job loss coming up after Christmas. One asking us to be in prayer for their family. and Lord, we lift them up to you today. Lord, help them. Help them today, we pray in Jesus' name. This week we're praying for Gerald and Samara Waters. These are our church planting missionaries at Proclamation Community Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And their prayer request, asking us to pray for their physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial help and health for their family. So Lord, we pray these things and ask these things to be done to your glory. 
We pray that their church would grow in a sincere love for the Lord and for the Word and for the lost in their community. Looking at a prayer request on the Love Worth Finding prayer wall, one of our ministry partners. And let me just mention this to you if you're just joining in with us. We don't mention names unless you share permission with us to share those names, okay? So when you text us on our 24-hour prayer line, the phone number 870-205-0600. I'm looking at our prayer wall right now. Love Worth Finding prayer wall. And a young lady by the name of Nicole says, If anyone would care to pray for me, it would mean a lot. I, I drink excessively. I hurt my relationships with my behavior and with my words. I don't want to behave like this. Heavenly Father, please help me. Lord, right now the community prayer time listeners are joining together in prayer. And Lord, I'm lifting up Nicole to you right now in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus, that you would do a powerful work in her life. Father, that you would deliver her from the snare of the wicked one, from the net that he has cast for her. Temptation to drink and to give herself, Lord, not just to the consumption of alcohol, but to the drunkenness of it. And Lord, I pray right now that you would help her to see Jesus as her Savior to receive you as her Father and that the Holy Spirit of God would give her victory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Help Nicole today. Help her to know that there's a family of listeners praying for her today. Another asking for prayer, an anonymous request saying, please pray for my mother that she would have a safe and effective cataract surgery for her eye. Lord, we pray for this need today. In Jesus' name. Pray for Mona Hart Moody. My daughter, Chris, is suffering with depression frequently. Please pray for a cure. My grandson, Luke, has health issues. Please pray for Luke. Lord, meet these needs today. These that are asking for prayer, help them. In Jesus' name. 870-205-205. 0600 is the phone number to text 870-205-0600 we pray for a pastor and his wife in Maine looking to start a church and they're currently renting space and the attorneys are offering guidance on the liability of the church whenever they rent so Lord we pray today for this family this husband, this wife, this pastor And, Lord, their desire to see you work in their community. Lord, help them today, we pray. Help them to see souls save lives changed for eternity. Continue to pray for our first responders. Today we pray for our Marines, Jasper and Brent, and little Larry. We continue to pray for those serving the Army, Sam and Cameron. We pray for Joey today, a paramedic, Josh in the Coast Guard, Max in the Air Force. We pray for Todd and for Dale today. Lord, we lift these up to you today. 
And another veteran we need to add to this list, if you've got your list in front of you, as we pray for our first responders and our military and our veterans, we need to add Mr. Floyd, one of our veterans. Lord, we pray for him today. And Lord, I remember when they were going through all that difficulty trying to get help from the VA and resources that they needed that were available to them. Lord, help them to gain access to all of that. Let me tell you something that God did on Friday. I tell you, I love the Community Prayer Time family. And we're continuing to pray for Mr. Mike Ward and his family as they continue to walk through this process with his mom leaving this world. We continue to lift them up in prayer. But we've been praying. We've been praying for God to work in the life and the heart of a brother-in-law and a nephew. When we started this back in February, it wasn't long after that that this prayer request came in. You say, why did we go through all this? Why do you spend all this time? Why, why, why all the money? I don't know if Miss Becky's listening this morning. Miss Becky, Mr. Mike, are you guys listening this morning? You say, why do you do all that? Well, we've been praying for this need probably since February, if I had to guess right. I don't remember the exact date that we got this prayer request, but we're praying for salvation of your friends and your loved ones. And Miss Becky's been asking us to pray for a brother-in-law and a nephew. And we have. And do you know what happened on Friday? At that funeral... God gave me the opportunity of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with that brother-in-law and that nephew. I think that's right. I know at least one of them was there, or maybe both of them. Maybe if Miss Becky's listening this morning, she can help me out. Just clarify. But that's why we do what we do. Because after all of these months of praying faithfully, God gave an opportunity for me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ at a funeral with these loved ones. And Lord, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that the seeds that were planted and watered on Friday would come forth with much fruit as you give increase. We pray that in Jesus' name. And we continue to pray for this family as they walk through this season in their life. Lord, you know where they are, the path that they take. And when you've tried them, they will come forth as gold. So, Lord, we thank you for that today. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, you're a mighty God. You're a good God. We pray for our president today, President Joe Biden, Vice President Harris. Lord, we pray for the 
press secretary that's come down with the COVID virus, Jen Psaki, Lord, we pray that you would do a mighty work amongst the administration of our nation. And Lord, that you'd use us to see answered prayer. Lead us in this day. Guide us, direct us, go before us, Lord. Help us to follow the work of your Holy Spirit as we put on the whole armor of God as we're sensitive to your Holy Spirit speaking in Jesus' name. We'll be right back. Here's Janet Mefford. It's time now for the Mefford Minute with Janet Mefford. How do Americans feel about the government promoting traditional values? According to a new Gallup poll, only 45% of Americans are on board, with a slim majority opposing the practice. Yet just nine years ago, strong majorities of Americans said they wanted the government to support and promote traditional values. The Gallup firm noted the reason for the decline. The percentage of Americans who describe themselves as liberal on social issues has nearly matched the percentage who say they are conservative after many years of a significant conservative advantage. What this really tells us is that America needs to return to faith in Jesus Christ, who alone can produce godly fruit in our lives. As Patrick Henry once said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm Janet Mefford. For more of Janet's perspective, listen to Janet Mefford today or online at JanetMefford.com. Is life a struggle for you? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. If you're in a difficult situation in life and you're ready to throw in the towel, wait patiently for the Lord. Keep trusting Him. Sing His praises. Sing His songs of deliverance. He has not forgotten you. He knows what He's doing. So keep looking up. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve to learn that life is hard, but God is good. This week on From His Heart. And From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve every weekday morning at 6 a.m. and again in the evenings at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I was listening to Dr. Shreve this morning and my, what an incredible message. What an incredible message. Through the Psalms he's preaching this week. You'll enjoy it. Our trivia question this morning. Now, this is a different one. In fact, you're going to be interested in looking this up when I give you the answer. Are you ready? Here's the phone number that you can text the answer to, 870-205-0600. The average American will spend about 1,440 minutes, 1,440 minutes a year doing this. The average American... 1,440 minutes per year doing this. 
Well, this is a great answer. 1,440 minutes a year. Sleeping. Well, let's look at that for just a minute. 1,440 times 365. What is that here? Let's see. Oh, another one here. By the way, good guess, Miss Kathy. I'm going to figure out that math. I'm not fast enough to do that in my head. I'm going to have to get a calculator here in just a minute. Brian, is it sneezing? You know, you walk out in the sun, and that sun just does something, doesn't it? It makes you sneeze. Or, or maybe you walk into a room with a fresh fragrance, an air freshener, or a candle going, and you ooh, i got to sneeze. i got to get out of here. Not the answer we're looking for. Good guess. 870-205-0600. Brian, can you imagine this? You're sitting in the tree stand and you get a whiff of something and you got to sneeze. You know, one of those allergens gets in your nose. Oh, my. 1,440 minutes. This is what you do in one year. 870-205-0600. Answer 1,440 minutes a year that we spend doing this. The answer this morning is brushing your teeth. Did you realize that you spend an average of 1,440 minutes each year brushing your teeth? Now, there's a new and improved design of a toothbrush. You got to look this up. I'm, I can't make this stuff up, folks. It almost looks like the shape of. Oh, what do they call those? Dentures. It, it, it almost looks identical to dentures on a stick. It's called Simple Brush. S-Y-M-P-L Brush. Simple Brush. Check it out. Look it up on Siri, Google, whatever you got. I tell you what. tells you that this is capable of delivering 900 strokes per minute. And that it's going to brush your teeth and get rid of all the harmful bacteria plaque. And it's not going to cause discomfort, you know, when you're brushing your teeth. And it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes, isn't it? Simple brush. Check it out. 40 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Community Prayer Time Network. Up next, Keys for Kids with Zach.
pastures. The Lord is my shepherd, leads me to still waters, and he restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. He makes me lie down in green pastures, oh. And Thanksgiving right around the corner, 24 days until Thanksgiving. Aren't you excited about that? Looking forward to the Thanksgiving dinners that you're going to get to enjoy with your family. I was talking to someone yesterday at church, and they said that this weekend they're going to be gone. They're going up to the mountains, and they're going to get away with their family. They're going to have a great Thanksgiving. And then uh, talked to another person last night, and they said they're getting away in a couple weeks, and they're going to have Christmas with their family. So all these seasonal holidays are coming up, and one of my friends on Facebook yesterday, Brother Stephen Price, the pastor of First Baptist Mariana, he said, hey, just to get the record straight, everybody, don't forget that it's Thanksgiving before Christmas. You know, everybody's coming out with all this Christmas stuff. starting to feel a lot like Christmas, isn't it? It's even feeling that way outside with the temperatures cooler. Temperatures this morning in the 40s. Highs today expected to bring temperatures up to about the mid-60s and lows tonight going to drop back down into the upper 40s. Here's Titus as we get ready for Keys for Kids with Zach. Thank you for listening to the prayer time. Jesus loves y'all. We're not sure if Grandpa's going to make it. How can taking care of Grandpa means Jesus lets him die? No matter what happens to your grandpa, Jesus always knows what's best for him. Hi, and thanks for listening to Keys for Kids. My name is Zach. Who takes care of you? Is it your mom and dad? Or maybe you live with relatives like your grandma and grandpa or aunt or uncle. Well, whoever you do live with, you trust them to take care of you, don't you? As a Christian, you also must learn to trust Jesus to take care of you. Listen to what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Our story today is called In Safe Keeping. I'll pick you up after school and take you to see Grandpa at the hospital, Mom told Jackson and Alexa as they put on their coats. Jackson tried to swallow the lump in his throat. Is is he going to die? Mom took a deep breath. I don't know, Jackson, but whatever happens, Grandpa is in God's hands and Jesus will take care of him. But how can taking care of Grandpa mean letting him die? asked Alexa. 
I know it's hard to understand, but that's because we're looking at it from our point of view, said Mom. Jesus may choose to take Grandpa to be with him in heaven, and even if we don't understand why he'd take Grandpa away from us, we can be thankful that Grandpa knows Jesus and would be so happy to see him. The kids nodded, but neither was entirely convinced. On the way to school, Alexa handed Jackson some money. Will you keep this for me, Jackson? I want to buy Grandpa a get-well-soon balloon before we go to the hospital, but I don't have a good place to keep my money. Okay, Jackson said as he stuffed the money into his pocket. After school, the kids climbed into Mom's car. Is Grandpa any better? Jackson asked. Mom shook her head. He's about the same. Where's my money, Jackson? Alexa held out her hand as Mom parked in front of the store. Jackson pulled the money out of his pocket and gave it to her. She smiled. My friend Nicole brought money to school this morning, but this afternoon she couldn't find it. She thinks she lost it on the playground. Thanks for taking care of my money for me. As Alexa paid for her balloon, Mom turned to Jackson. You were able to take care of Alexa's money better than she was. Just like Alexa trusted you, we can trust Jesus. Even if things don't turn out the way we'd like, we know Grandpa is in God's care because he belongs to Jesus. And he'll take care of us, too. Alexa came up to them and handed Jackson a quarter. Can you keep this for me, Jackson? I might lose it. Jackson nodded and placed the quarter in his pocket, where it would be kept safe. So how about you? Who do you trust? Do you trust parents and grandparents to take care of you? Do you trust brothers or sisters with things that belong to you? Well, how about Jesus? If you've trusted him to save you and give you eternal life, you can trust him with everything. He promises to take care of you even when he allows things to happen that you don't understand. The safest place to be for both you and those you love is in his care. Our key verse is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. And our key thought, trust God in everything. Hey, Zach, why doesn't God always answer all prayers? Hey, Alexander, I'm so glad to get your question. God does answer our prayers. However, the answer might not be what you wanted the answer to be, or it might take a little while for God to answer it how you hoped. Keep praying and trusting God for his answer. God is faithful to answer our prayers always. Alexander, I hope that helps you. Thanks for writing to me. I'm Zach with Keys for Kids. And that's Zach with Keys for Kids here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Thanks again to Pop Pop's Bait and Tackle located in Poplar Grove, right off of Highway 49. Brian and his team, they've got everything that you need for your next fishing trip. Ice, snacks, drinks, frozen bait, live bait, everything right there. Their phone number, 870-581-5501. Is that right, Brian? Here's Danny Gokey, Every Victory. Right after this, our daily Bible reading, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We will not lose sight of the
And that's Danny Goki. Every victory here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Our daily Bible reading today, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, eight minutes till the hour. Dr. Adrian Rogers coming up in eight minutes. Again, Pop Pop's bait and tackle, 870 is the correct number, 870-228-1028. Again, 870-228-1028. Here's 2 Corinthians 11. with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles, Even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge. But we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. Did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted, because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. And when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to no one. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And in everything, I kept myself from being burdensome to you, and so I will keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows. But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. I say again, let no one think me a fool. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool that I also may boast a little. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were, foolishly, in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I also will boast. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. To our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas the king was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. And that's our daily Bible reading here on the Community Prayer Time Network, Second Corinthians chapter number eleven. Here's we are messengers. Come what may. Doctor Adrian Rogers coming up in two minutes. Love worth finding. Sometimes heartache is the gift I need You're faithful, faithful in all things
Jesus has given us the steps to follow him in victory. Listen to Adrian Rogers. Not only did the Lord Jesus win the battle against our arch enemy, the devil, but he gave us an example that we should walk in his steps. And as Jesus fought that battle so long ago, there is a continuing battle. In a sense, it's already won. And yet, in a sense, it needs to be fought day by day. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. But we fight anyway. The victory has been won at Calvary. And that's the reason that we can win it day by day, practically, right now. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring profound truth simply stated by Adrian Rogers. This month, we're going to look at the life of David, a man after God's own heart. And today, we begin with the story of David and Goliath, a dramatic event in and of itself. This passage illustrates for us how to deal with the problems in our lives. Some of us live in quiet desperation, intimidated by our giants. But God's plan for His children is to live like kings and queens in victory. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17 as Adrian Rogers begins part one of Live Like a King in Victory. I want you to find 1 Samuel chapter 17, please. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We all have some giant-sized problems, some king-sized problems, some ugly and some cruel giants that have threatened us and threatened our loved ones. Goliath-like problems. And many people who are listening to me tonight are living lives of quiet desperation because of some problem in their life. Giants of temptation, giants of fear, giants of jealousy, giants of covetousness, discouragement, heartbreak, financial reverse. Problems, real problems, that's what we're talking about. God's plan for his people is victory always and in every circumstance. Thanks be unto God who causes us always to triumph in Christ Jesus. And in all these things we are more than conquerors, super conquerors, through him that loved us. And so, dear friend, just as David defeated Goliath so long ago, you should have, can have, bless God, will have wonderful, wonderful victory. Now let's begin reading chapter 17, verse 3. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the army of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, and he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are ye come to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we 
may fight together. Now, since the nursery school and since your early days in Sunday school, you know the story of David and Goliath. David is now just a youngster. He's just a boy. He hadn't even started to shave yet. The Bible says later on in this chapter he was ruddy and of a fair countenance. I take that to mean he had a little peach fuzz on his chin. Just a strapping teenage boy. And uh, his brothers had gone off to a battle. Seemed like the perpetual enemy of Israel were the Philistines. And David, like any red-blooded American boy, wanted to see that battle. He had to stay home, take care of the sheep. But David's daddy said the boys need something to eat and they need some home cooking. And they sent David as a messenger there to carry food, to carry provisions to his brothers. And he was all excited, as any red-blooded person would be, uh, I suppose, wanting to get out there where the action was, especially as a boy, expecting to see a fight. And when he got out there, there's no fight at all, just a shouting match. And even the other side was doing most of the shouting. He looked over there across the valley, and there was the biggest man that he'd ever seen. His height was somewhere between 9 feet and 11 feet in height. Some people say he was almost 10 feet tall. Some say he was over 11. <laughs> I know today the NBA or these others would like to have this man. He was big. He was the incredible hulk of his day. He was the original Bigfoot. <laughs> he was big, real big. And he is over there cursing and swearing and defying the armies of Israel. The Bible tells us he was dressed in armor and it was brass. And in my imagination, I can see that polished brass as it glistens in the sunlight. He must have been an awesome sight. He's lifting his big fists like hams to the heavens. And he's cursing God. And he's blaspheming God. And he is defying the armies of Israel. He's saying, in effect, you cowards, you Weaklings, you miserable people, send somebody over here to fight me. Just one man. Winner take all. If he defeats me, we'll lay down our arms and surrender. But if I take him, the battle is ours. Winner take all. David wondered, why doesn't somebody go over there and put that guy to sleep? No one was going. Not even big King Saul. No one was going. You see, they were looking at the thing from a human perspective. As they looked at the situation and they saw Goliath over there, they were terrified. And their basic thought was when they looked at this giant, they thought, oh, we can't go. Who could fight him? Look how much bigger he is than we are. But David looked at him, and do you know what David thought? David said, look how much smaller he is than God is. And so David decided he would go. Armed in the power of Almighty God, David with that sling and with those five smooth stones went out and won the victory, killed Goliath, cut his head off, 
with Goliath's own sword. Now, you know that story. There are three things I, I see as I look at this passage. Of course, there are many other things. But one thing I see is a vicious enemy. A vicious enemy. Goliath. The second thing I see is a vicarious encounter. The battle was fought by one on behalf of them all. And the third thing I see is a victorious example, something that I can use in my own life. And see if you see those three things with me today as we think, first of all, about a vicious enemy. I believe that Goliath of Gath is an Old Testament picture, a symbol, an illustration of Satan himself. Let me tell you why I believe that. First of all, look at his measure, beginning in verse 4. We are in verse 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat uh, was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass upon his shoulder, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Have you ever noticed the use of the number six there? He's six cubits and a span high. In verses 5 and 6, he has six pieces of armor. His spearhead weighs, in verse 7, 600 shekels. Now, you know that in the Bible, the devil Superman, of which, in a sense, Goliath could picture, is what? Six, six, six. I see his measure. Here he is described in these terms. But not only his measure, I see his might. Look again in verse 4. There went out a champion. This speaks of his power. He was a superman, a mighty man, a powerful person. And again, this reminds me of the power of the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But not only do I see his measure, I see his might, I see his manner. Look, if you will, in verse 10 of this chapter. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. How arrogant he was. How defiant he was. How rebellious he was against the things of God. And what fear he was causing. Satan today like Goliath of old, is making more noise than perhaps ever before. And saints are folding up when they ought to be standing up because of the arrogance of our enemy. I see his measure. I see his might. I see his manner. I see his motive. What was his motive? To destroy the work of God. Look at it again in verse 10. The Bible says, I defy the armies of Israel this day. That is, I am against the people of God and the things of God and the work of God, as the devil has always been. He was a very sinister enemy. Look in verse 16, if you will. In verse 16, the Bible says, And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. You know what 40 is in the Bible? 
Forty is the number of testing. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years. Israel, when they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years, Christ was tempted of the devil or fasted 40 days in the wilderness and was tempted. 40 in the Bible is the number of testing, the number of temptation, of trial. And here is Goliath who pictures the devil, our enemy, who is testing, trying, sifting, fighting the people of God. And so the first thing I see is a vicious enemy. Second thing I see is a vicarious encounter. I want you to notice how the battle lines were drawn that day. Look, if you will, in verse 8. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine? And ye servants to Saul. Now notice this. Choose you a man for you. Not a group of men. Just a man. One man. Choose a man for you. And let him come down to me. And in verse 10. Give me a man. That we may fight together. One man was to fight for all. Not only therefore do I believe that Goliath of Gath is a picture of Satan. But I believe that David is a picture of our Savior. I believe here we have a prefiguring of the Lord Jesus Christ who fought for us a vicarious encounter with Satan himself. Vicarious means in our place, one standing in the place of another. Here, a David stood for them all that day, just as the Lord Jesus went to bloody Calvary and stood for me and stood for you on that day, a vicarious encounter. Let me tell you why I believe that David pictures the Lord Jesus. He pictures the Lord Jesus so much in the Bible that sometimes in the Bible Jesus is called David. Did you know that? And the Bible calls Jesus my servant David because David is so much like in many ways his greater son, the Lord Jesus. Let me show you what I'm talking about. This young boy who went out to fight Goliath was the sanctified one. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 16 now and look, if you will, in verse 13. You see, something had happened to this young man. He had been anointed to be the king of Israel. He was just a lad. But you remember the story when the prophet Samuel was to come and anoint David's king. Saul was the king, but he wasn't the king that God had really wanted. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. David was anointed with oil symbolizing the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and set him aside. And he wasn't an ordinary man. He was like our Lord a sanctified man, though our Lord sanctified in such a greater way than even David. But not only was he the sanctified one. Look, if you will, here in this 17th chapter, and you're going to find out that he was the sent one. Look in chapter 17, verse 17. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp of thy brethren. 
sent by the Father with bread for the brethren. That's Jesus. Sent by the Father with bread for his brethren. I am the bread of life is the Lord Jesus. Jesus is pictured here, I think, perhaps in a shadow, perhaps only faintly. But I think as I look at these sacred pages that every one of us, every time, every place we look ought to find Jesus somewhere standing in the shadows. I believe the whole Bible somehow, some way, is about the Lord Jesus. And I'd rather see him too much in the Bible than see him too little in the Bible. I want to tell you David was that sanctified one. David was that sent one. David was that scorned one. Look, if you will, in verse 28. What happened when David got there? Did, did they receive him with love and gladness? And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Now what I want you to notice the scorn with which his brother treated him when he came that day. He wasn't received lovingly and kindly. Continue to read. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. What does that mean? It means that when young David came with a cause, with a mission for the Father and for the glory of God, he was scorned. He was ridiculed. He was looked down upon because the Lord Jesus is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Young David, young David the sanctified one, young David the sent one, young David the scorned one, but young David the saving one. It was David that fought the battle that day. It was David that went against Goliath of Gath, and it was David that single-handedly won a battle. And that battle, ladies and gentlemen, was a battle for all of them. One man vicariously fought and won the battle for them all there that day. So that's the second thing I see. First of all, a vicious enemy. Secondly, a vicarious encounter. Thirdly, a victorious example. Because not only did the Lord Jesus, when he was here in the days of his flesh, win the battle against our arch enemy, the devil, but he gave us an example that we should walk in his steps. And as Jesus fought that battle so long ago, there is a continuing battle. In a sense, it's already won. And yet, in a sense, it needs to be fought day by day. You say, that sounds like confusion. Well, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. But we fight anyway. The victory has been won at Calvary, and that's the reason that we can win it day by day, practically, right now. Now, I want you just to imagine the giant in your life. Is it lust? Is it envy? Is it materialism? Is it laziness? Is it fear? 
Is it greed? Is it hatred? Is it doubt? What is it? What is it that stands between you and God's will for your life and the joy and the victory that God wants you to have? There's victory in Jesus. And there is a victorious example in this story so that you can live like a king. Are you ready? The three principles that are here. First of all, there is a principle of persistence. Any battle is going to be won by those who are persistent. I want you to look, if you will, in verse 32 of this chapter, chapter 17 and verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David purposed in his heart he would do it. And when he purposed in his heart, he was not deterred by anything. There was the dismay of others. Others were frightened. Look, if you will, in verse 11, chapter 17, verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And uh, look, if you will, in verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, for they were sore afraid. You know, fear is infectious. But David wasn't daunted by their fear. You see, in your battle, you're going to find that you're surrounded by a bunch of cowards, a bunch of weak-kneed people, a bunch of people who feel that it really cannot be done. And if you're not careful, their fear is going to infect you. And the marvelous thing about David is this that he was persistent in the face of the dismay of others. The fear of man made Saul a coward. The fear of God made David a hero. And coming up tomorrow, we'll hear part two of this important message. Maybe today you have questions about your faith, about who Jesus is, what he means to you. Go to our Discover Jesus page at lwf.org slash radio. There you'll find resources and materials that will answer questions you may have about your faith. Again, go to lwf.org slash radio and click the Discover Jesus page at the top. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message in its entirety, call us at one love god and mention the title, Live Like a King in Victory. This message is also part of the insightful series, Live Like a King. For that complete collection, all 12 powerful messages, call 877-LOVE-GOD, or you can order online at lwf.org radio. Or write to us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. Thank you so much for joining us in our study of God's Word today. Be sure to sign up for our daily heartbeat emails, and you'll get daily devotions and message links sent straight to your inbox. You can find that at lwf.org slash radio. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Live Like a King in Victory, right here on Love Worth Finding. 
Listen to what one of our donors wrote recently to describe how these messages have blessed her. Dr. Rogers is one of the best preachers I have ever listened to. He preaches in a way that the new person in Christ can understand, and yet there is enough for those further along in their spiritual growth. Anyone would be blessed listening to him. Well, we love to hear how these timeless messages and resources have helped you grow in your faith. And when you donate to the ministry this month, we want to send you a hard copy of our new book, 25 Days of Anticipation. This new devotional resource will help you see the birth of our Savior in a new and beautiful way, just in time for the upcoming Advent season. Request this book when you call with a gift at one love god or you can give online at lwf.org slash radio. Once again, thank you for your generous support of Love Worth Finding. And Love Worth Finding every weekday, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time and in the mornings here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Thank you for joining with us as we follow up with the Love Worth Finding program. We want to say thank you to LNW Gulf Breeze Real Estate and Title Company, Located in Perry, Florida at 117 West Main Street and their phone number 850-584-5101. You can also check them out on the web to see all of their latest properties at gulfbreezerealestate.net. Cooler temperatures this morning in the 40s. Highs today expected bring in temperatures to the mid-60s. Low temperature dropping down tonight into the upper 40s. You're listening to the Community Prayer Time Network. Here's Laura's story.
And we'd like to say thank you for joining with us here on the Community Prayer Time Network. We're praying today for Gerald and Samara Waters, church planters of Proclamation Community Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They're asking us to pray for the physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial health of their family. We pray that their church will grow in a sincere love for the Lord, the Word, and for the lost in their community. That's Gerald and Samara Waters in Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Community Prayer Time Network. One loving thing we as husbands can do. From Keys for Kids Ministries, here's Greg Yoder with a Keys for Kids Parent Minute. Recently, my wife called me in the middle of my workday extremely frustrated. Our daughter was defying her authority and was out of control. I decided this was serious enough I needed to go home. I said, I'll be right there. By the time I arrived, my daughter had already apologized, expressing her remorse and her desire to change. Well, that didn't stop the discipline and me making it clear that that wasn't going to happen again. But the most amazing reaction came from my wife. She wrapped her arms around me and said, Thank you so much, expressing great love for me. Scripture says it's loving to discipline your kids. Certainly it's loving to that child, but also to others as well, to your spouse and even to the God who owns our kids. Keys for Kids Radio for your kids at keysforkids.net.
Devils from their tomb.